It's good to see everyone here tonight. We just have a full house. <laughs> it's good to see you. Uh, yes, amen. Uh, Isaiah 15, verse 4. Please stand with me. Let's uh, recite the word of God. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Um, message I want to speak about tonight titled it Greater Heights with God or Greater Heights in God. Um, It used to be among Christians that strong desire. Uh, I still remember back the cry from the bottom of her heart. Lord, make me like you. Make me like you. Whatever it takes, Lord, make me like you. You were a servant. I want to be one too. Whatever it takes. I just want to be like you. That was your heart for the Christian. That was our heart. We want to know him. When Christian talks about greater, we talked about greater heights with God. They were not talking about things of the earth. They were mainly focused on their relationship with God. Not how they are doing so well or not. That's not to take from that. That's very important. But we must never shift the focus. We must never, no matter what it is, success in life without success in God is nothing. If success in life follows success in God, And that should be our pursuit. Greater heights with God. You know, I read of a a man. He never went very far. But he cried out to God almost daily. And brought down revival upon the church. He's like, give me souls or I die. Let me have souls or I die. How many Christians today, we have a great great group of people you here today because you want God. How many Christians have that in their focus today? How important is that to believers today? That's where we are today. That's with the world. You see, the world is in chaos right now. And, and believe me, the problem is not in the world. The problem is in the church. And I have scriptures. That's the men's breakfast fellowship scripture. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. God says the healing of the land, the peace of the land, the joy of the land, the prosperity of the land, the peace of the people of the land depends on what's happening to his people. He 
didn't ask for the people outside his people to turn from their wicked ways and pray for him to bring peace to the land. He was basically talking to his people. If my people, if my people, and then Jesus took it a little further with us. He said, if two of you shall agree concerning anything that they shall ask on the earth, it will be done by my Father in heaven. But what, what do we really want to agree about? Most of the time, are you included? We're talking about things of the earth. Hello? That's our focus. That's our focus. But we have to have that desire. And I pray that God will plant that desire in the people of the Ark Fellowship as they come in here. Because you are praying. Because you are praying. That's what we're praying in the morning. No, no, none of us can save anybody. But if we pray and we do our little part by just speaking a few words, their lives can be transformed. But we have to desire it. You don't seek what you don't desire. And you can't have what you don't seek. It's what you seek, you'll find. When you really want something, you knock on the door. If you know that that thing is on the other side, you will knock and refuse to stop knocking until that thing is delivered to you. You will ask and you won't quit. Uh, You know, I'm in mind thinking about ministry in Africa and our prayer is their focus shifted. Maybe part of the world is that minister is successful. We want to know why he's successful so we can do the same, so we have a name, something like that. And the focus is shifted. And the younger ones coming can't even see. This is not what God wants. The people, Paul, they were willing to give anything, including their own lives, to see the kingdom of God progress. Paul said, I am bearing the part of the suffering of the church. Remember that? He says, what is left of the church for the suffering of Christ, that's what I'm carrying on myself. I'm taking it on. So there is a part of that, that every Christian should be aware of. And I'm going to be talking about that today. Every Christian should be aware of and and focus on those. I want to talk about Four different things. We know all of these things. I think the last part of the last part, the number four, is what Christians don't really talk about. But the first thing is when God reveals Himself to you, it's got to be through His Word. If any man receives any true revelation, lasting revelation, and God wants to deal with you, it starts with his word. So the word is very important. If I want, a great, if I want greater heights with God, the place to go is the word. It's good to listen to somebody. It's good to go online. But it's also good to take from whatever you're lear- learning from online and open your Bible and spend some time studying and finding out where did they get this stuff from. And as you go in there and the Holy Spirit knows, 
your heart is in search for truth. And one scripture will lead to another scripture. And when you are out of that place, you know you have something. And whatever you receive from God is eternal. Because the seed is an incorruptible seed. When that's planted into your heart. And so that's very important. And if you read in the Old Testament, Samuel, this great prophet of God, born through a miracle, lived serving God, so you can really serve and not know God. He was serving under Eli. Eli was back, backsliding. Samuel didn't know God at all. And the Bible tells us that. It tells us in, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, the Lord calling Samuel. The Lord called Samuel yet again, saying, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for you called me. He answered, I did not call you. My son, lie down again. Then he says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Nor was the word. You see how important the word is? He didn't know God because the word. Nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. How is the word revealed to a man? How? Meaning you can hear the word and the word is still not revealed. He had to hear it from God. He says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. God had not revealed himself to him. But then, God began to speak to him because he had instruction. Amen? Instruction is very important. He had an instruction from a backsliding priest. But that man knew how to hear from God. Knew how to position himself. And knew, if I'm not calling you, and you're hearing voices, and I know you a young man sincere. I know God's calling you. And then he told him, this is what to say. To start the conversation between you and God. Notice, God could have just said, Samuel, Samuel. And he opens his eyes, and God begins to speak, right? Doesn't happen that way. Doesn't happen that way. Samuel knew, it's the Lord now. I got to listen. And he got instruction. So that's so important to him. Then he tells us in verse 21 of the same chapter. He says, then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. Listen to this now. For because the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by what? By the word of the Lord. It's by the word of the Lord. And not the words of men, by the words of the Lord. Sometimes you have good words from men, makes sense, wisdom. But I want to hear what God has to say. And if you have that desire, God will make that available to you. So that's the first thing. If a man is re- or a woman is really desiring, I'm tired of being this type of a Christian. And usually when that's happening to you, guess who is doing it? The Holy Spirit. He's wanting to take you 
into greater heights with God. A deeper place with God. You may not respond at that time. And that's not very good because it takes a while again for the season to come around. I've been there. It's best if you feel that way and immediately hear it. But once you delay, the season may come back again, but it takes a while. That's where we miss it a lot. You know why? As it is today, we're so busy. You and I, together, okay? We're busy. And we hope he understands. Hello? <laughs> we hope he understands. And he does. We're his children. But we can go much further. Let me tell you something. Whatever you receive from God is never really for you altogether. It's for you, everyone around you, and so many more. And some of them that you will never even see or know. When a man gets something from God, it's not just for that person. And it's not stopping right there. He goes way beyond your imagination. You know, uh, this morning we were talking about it. I'm going to share this on Sunday as well. And we're going to plant a church in Indonesia. Yes. And guess what? Somebody was already crying in Indonesia. We want the Ark Fellowship and I'm saving money to build the church. You heard that this morning, right, Randy? You heard, you heard that too. Yes, they are already crying and saving money because God's bringing the money. They say, this is for the Ark Fellowship in Indonesia. I said, send them. I tell the person, I'm coming to Indonesia. Point is, it's never for you. We don't know what he's doing. But we get a hold of God, just like Jacob did, right? I won't let you go except you bless me. Notice, Jacob wasn't looking for money. He already had everything. Jacob already had everything. He was already wealthy from working with Laban. He had children. He was doing well. The blessing he was talking about was not that type of blessing. And yet, God still blessed him. And we must desire that kind of blessing from God. Beyond us. Something we can't really understand. But God, I just want you to bless me. I want a greater height with you. I want to know you better. You're thinking it's about you. But it's really not about you. It's about a lot of people. And some of them you never see. You never meet face to face. And you know why I'm speaking to you tonight? Because there are some of you here that God wants to do that through. He wants to show himself so great in your life so that you can reach people all across the world, some of them that you may never ever see with your own eyes. He can make it happen. We are the ones that's limiting, that are limiting the Holy One of Israel because we look at our own circumstance. What can I do? Yeah, you can't do anything. I agree with you. <laughs> you don't have what it takes. But he has everything. And nothing can stop him. Nothing stands in his way. Amen? 
So the Bible tells us study. Study and be eager. I use the amplified. Study and be eager. And do your utmost. So it's not God doing it now. God will give you the grace. We talk about grace on Sunday. But God will give you the grace. You do your utmost to present yourself to God. Approved. God, I don't quite know if I'm ready, but I think I'm ready. Okay? Can you let me go now, please? And help me. And don't let me fail. Amen? Tested by trial. A workman. So that's what God wants from us. We study. We study the word. We listen. We want to be a workman who has no cause to be ashamed. Because God will not make you, cause you to be ashamed. Correctly analyzing and accurately dividing, rightly handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. So that once you hear the word, eh, that doesn't sound right. Everybody's shouting and saying it's great. And he's not inside you says, No, I don't think that sounds right. Where did he get or where did she get that from? You don't have to go with the majority. Amen? When God's speaking to you, you can tell. And that's not right. It's funny, I was reading in Kenneth Higgins, uh, one of Kenneth Higgins' books, there was this revival, supposed revival going going on somewhere, and he said ministers, top ministers, they were all flying to the revival and doing all of that stuff. And it was wide spreading their church. You know, everybody was going to the revival. The tough, supposed mature Christians, they were all going to the revival. But there was this young girl that was so filled with uh, desire. She just wants to really know God. And, and she heard about this, and she says, I, I'm just, I'm going to go. I'm going to soak everything. And she got there. She didn't know the Bible very much. But somewhere she felt something is not right. So she came back home. She left the revival. Turned out God wasn't in it. Wasn't in it. And Kenneth Hagin says, you see, they were all deceived. They had no idea. Most likely because the way they are seeking God is completely out. It's no longer for knowing him anymore. I don't know what their motives were. But we got to stay with the word. Amen? We got to stay with the word. It's so important. It's through the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that's one of the ways. The only way really to really get into God through his word. When God's going to do something in your life, usually it's just a few words. When the direction of your life is about to change, it comes in just with a few words. And I've learned not to argue with him. He just, he, what I've experienced in my life, he says a few line, one line, and I come back with my argument, and he repeats the same line, and I'm convinced. Because you can see it. And that's the way God deals with us. Secondly, secondly uh, prayer. Prayer. All godly people, I didn't say all Christians. Godly means people who want to reach out to some God, okay? Everywhere in the world. Muslim, everywhere. All godly people pray. 
And but I'm making a distinction between the Christian, right? And others who are seeking God. But all over the world they pray. If they really want to be godly uh, and they're pursuing God, they'll pray. Jew, Muslim, it doesn't matter. They're all praying. And it's really frightening to see that Muslims, they take time off to pray five times. Is it five times? You guys correct me. Five times a day. I heard a testimony that was frightening to me. Maybe in Dubai. This, this a trader, there was this wealthy man. They were going to make you know, their trade transaction um, at maybe in the millions or something. And it was a Friday, their time for prayer. The Muslim guy said, uh, I got to go for prayer now. You can come afterwards and, and we'll go through the transaction. The guy said, I don't have the time. You better do it right now or this transaction is over. The Muslim said, keep your money. I'm going for prayer. If you don't come back, I'm not, God didn't want me to have the money. You can go with your money. You know what us Christians would do? God understands. I'm telling you. He's blessing me right now and, and, and I can't miss this. That's what I would do, okay? And I repent right now, okay? I repent right now. Because that's the way I'll see it. Oh Lord God, how can I miss a million dollars? How will I be able to tell Angela? This guy was willing to do this. And I left the church to pray. You know what Christians will say? I think, brother, you are taking it too far. Right? This thing is... But we know... If it was Paul, that's exactly how he's going to react. Don't we know that? Paul is not going to take your money. Probably curse you with the money if you tell him he's not going, like Peter says, your money perish with you. I don't need your money. May the Lord God Almighty shift us back because he's got to do it. Every one of us, especially here at the ark, he will do it. May the Lord God himself shift us back to this focus where we desire him. Life here is so short. And there's only one thing that is important. I talked about Mary uh, and Martha. These things are so important. Um, I think the enemy deceived us to think that this life really means something. But this life is really nothing if we can see it from the other side. It's really nothing, but that's, this flesh prevents us from really seeing. We haven't seen the other side, so we don't know. I'm amazed because people that, when I listen to people that have had their near-death experience, they tell you, we, I'm not afraid of death anymore. Because they, in their mind, they've seen the other side. And, 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 but when they're talking to us, we really can't get it. We can't get it. That this life is, is not as important as the life there is with Jesus that we are going to be with not too long from now, whether by death or when he comes, in, comes to take his people. 
And so we must focus on that. Prayer is so important. Christians must pray. I can't wait. You know, in my mind I can see like a, I was just probably talking about this this morning while we were praying. I can't wait. Maybe on, God is doing so much. And on a, on a uh, uh, Monday morning, uh, 6 o'clock, the parking lot is full. And, and, and the, back there, the fellowship hall, I said that this morning. Michael, you heard me say that. The back there, the place is packed. And as people drive by, they are saying, what's happening with this church? Are they having service since 6 o'clock Monday morning? And then they drive by the next day and see the parking lot full. Wow, something is going on there. Some of them might stop to go find out what, what, they, what are they doing at 6 o'clock in the morning. If that happens, guess what's going to happen to Cyprus? Guess what's going to happen to Cyprus? Even if it's just a hundred people, what's what's going to happen to Cyprus? The Holy Spirit will be doing so much. And we ourselves, we feel his power so strongly, we won't believe it. Learn quickly, and I'm trying to learn. You don't have what it takes. You have talent. Yes. But your talent without the Holy Spirit is not going to go anywhere. It's the Holy Spirit's job. So we must seek Him. We must seek Him with all of our hearts. We must pray. We must spend that time praying. Praying is not that fun. I know to get into it is really hard. But once you start, it's nice. <laughs> it's really nice when you start it. So I encourage you to pray just to get to that place. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Just pray without ceasing. It's almost like a commandment. Pray without ceasing. So believers should pray. There are places I can't go. From what I've heard this morning, I'm praying for Indonesia right now. But I can't go there. But thank God we spoke some words through some individ- to some individuals before they left. And they believe it. Uh, Lily's mom believes she can pray for the sick. I said, Mama, go ahead. Do it. But we spoke those words when we were praying together here over, over our life. So we need to pray. Consistent prayer for the prayer life for the, for the Christian is a must. You got to come. We are in a battle. We are in a battle. And the flesh doesn't want to pray. Instead of praying, I want to call Michael and talk to him about the problem. Hello. That's what you like to do. It's so convenient. I even find when we come in, it's so easy to start talking about the problem. Then the problem is the focus. I don't want to make the problem the focus. Jesus must take his rightful place. And when I'm speaking to him, I'm acknowledging that he is bigger than my problem. And I'm coming to you. The problem is with me. You can get rid of it. So we go to him in prayer. The Bible talks about spiritual warfare. Uh, take, on, uh, take the helmet of salvation. Put on the whole armor of God. But then as it ends in verse 18, again he uses the word. See, pray without ceasing. That used to really bother me. I said, God, why did you put this word in the scriptures? Nobody can fulfill it. I can't be eating and praying at the same time. Uh, why is this pray without ceasing? You just have that mind, you know, there. 
But do you think God will tell us to do something that's not important for us? You try to do it. I don't think Paul prayed while he was preaching. He must be pre- praying in his heart. But that's the, just that attitude of prayer is so important to our God. It says, praying always, verse 18, praying always with all prayer. So you're praying always. But he also wants you with all prayer and supplication. He wants you to do that in the spirit. And you know how it is. It takes, you know, I said it on Sunday. um, How people are coming against speaking in tongues. Because you don't want to offend people. Write a list of prayer points. Just like Bill read through tonight. Make it 20 pages of different things to pray about. <laughs> Believe me, after you've read it, those prayers, it won't take you, but if, you, if, you, if it's long, probably 10 minutes you are through with it. But that's not praying without season. You just read it and say, thank you, Lord, and then you go to the next one, and the next one, before you know, you wanted to spend an hour in prayer, you are through with your hour after 10 minutes. Because that's all you got. But when you pray with the Spirit, that's what it says, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. That way you can have that thought in your head and you're crying, you're crying out to God and the Holy Spirit is saying things through you as you're visiting this problem, whatever it is. In your mind before God. And saying God do something about it. And the Holy Spirit gives it words. And then sometimes you feel very emotional. About what you're praying about. But you can stay for 10 minutes. Praying for the same thing. With praying in the spirit. Praying in tongues. And only God knows what you're saying to him. And he understands. And that's why Paul says. Praying always. With all prayer and supplication. In the spirit. And notice what it says. Being watchful to this end. With all perseverance. You are watchful to this end. What end? What you are doing? With all prayer and perseverance and supplication for all sins. <laughs> How many of us have prayed for all sins? Hello. If you're going to pray for the whole saints uh, in tongues uh, at the Ark Fellowship, good day to you. <laughs> it's a long time to pray for all saints. And you just got through with one church. There's a church right there. Let me take you back there. And there's another one and another one back there. It's a lot of praying, right? For, I mean, not just the saints in Cyprus. For all saints. That's a lot of praying. In, in doing this, our heart then unites with God's heart. You remember in Acts, they were praying and fasting before God in Antioch. And the Holy Spirit spoke. Separate from me, Paul. Yeah, they were all ministering. And God, the Holy Spirit is right there with them. As you're praying... He comes in and he begins to do stuff. 
we've, uh, in our early morning prayer, we've seen people healed. People delivered from demons in, in, back there. And last thing, people filled with the Holy Spirit. As we pray in the morning, it's never said much in the church, but we've seen all these things back there when we pray in the morning. So prayer is very important. It's, let me tell you something. When God shows you something, he stays with you for life. Any revelation God gives you, it stays with you for life. And you can always do it. You can always get back to it. Because the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. It took just one night. God visited Solomon and delivered wisdom to Solomon that stayed with him even when he was backsliding. The, the gift was still there in operation. Samson, even when he was backsliding, the gift was still there. That's the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. But there is a seeking, especially for New Testament saints. God wants us to ask. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. So God wants that. We need to fulfill that. And then in Jude one twenty, he says, But you, beloved, building up yourself. Is this clock? This right? Okay, that's right there. 8.14, right? This is frightening here. <laughs> Very frightening. Please take this turn from his blade. <laughs> it says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. The first time I stepped on this scripture and understood it, it was shouting time. I said, so now I can build my spiritual muscles. Watch out, Satan, I'm coming after you. But you build up yourself in your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. This is what it, what it takes. Number three is fellowship. Fellowship is so important. We grow through fellowship. And in my mind, the word prayer, fellowship. Don't Choose your time for prayer, for fellowship. If you read in the scriptures, the disciples, they first will go to the temple for prayer. Hour of prayer. And after that, they go back breaking bread from house to house. Fellowship. These things are very important. If there's anyone here today and... Your prayer life is dried up for whatever reason. Uh, I need you to take up the mantle again. It may start really tough. But in a few days, you would have developed a new habit. And it will be the same thing with fellowship. Um, Fellowship is so important. you have to be careful who you fellowship with. You have to be. There are relationships that are toxic. I know it's hard to say among Christians. God had to really teach me this because I was not that way. I just thought, you know, God just loved my Christian brother. And, and just whatever they want me, I've got to be with them. But then I realized some Christian relationship can be 
we call it Christian relationship, but it's toxic. And I've got to separate myself. Hello, it sounds kind of harsh, but that's the way it is. Iron sharpens iron, right? When I'm meeting with you and fellowshipping with you and I leave angry and mad every time I'm with you, I'm not coming back. I'm not coming back. If I stay with you and I come bitter, angry, and we always have to repent and come, no. That's a toxic relationship. I'm not benefiting and you're not benefiting. None of us is benefiting. This is a setup. Satan has set this up. I'm not going to stay there just because you are my Christian brother. I want to be around the one that's challenging me. Let's seek God together. Let's worship God. Let's go here. Let's go do that. Not the one that's causing me so much sadness where I have to now start seeking God for freedom from my heart. No. No. I made that mistake years ago. Years ago. God had to speak to me. And God said, you know, that season is past. You are holding on to a season that's no longer there. And that's why you are hurting. Let him go. And that brought me deliverance. No hatred. I still love the individual, but I've got to stay far away from them. Because I don't want this where I have to be dealing with this thing and trying to work on it. And I free myself. Then I go right back and back again in the same situation. Struggling to get free from it. Struggling to get get rid of bitterness. And nothing is changing on the other side. (laughs) I just find my way. I still love you, brother. Still love you, sister. Uh, But I will find another good friend. Iron sharpens iron. Amen? I need somebody that will encourage me. That's very important. Listen to what the Bible says. The righteous should choose his friends carefully. Another translation says, the righteous must choose his friends carefully. For the way of the wicked leads them astray. You know, so you're dealing with somebody, they don't know. Uh, the gay people don't think that's a wicked thing to do. They think they're right and you're wrong. you mean. You're trying to convince them. That's the way they see it. So you can't convince them. Only God can open their eyes. I'll pray for them. And if there's opportunity, I'll share with them. But I'm not going to make that person a real Jonathan and David type of friendship. Hello. No. It will be friends from afar. <laughs> Only when it's ministry. So it's very important. The same thing in the house. You have to. There are people who want to grow. If you stay around somebody who wants to grow, you grow. If you stay around somebody who complains, you complain. It's, it's just an amazing thing. I've been a pastor not too long, but it used to amaze me how somebody that I'm aware of that. They like to talk, you know, talk about other people. A new member comes that also likes to talk. And I'm facing this way. I turn around. 
And they found this person. <laughs> They're talking. And I'm going, oh my God. How did they find each other? It's happened a few times. I think I have a, a good friend, good friends among us now. And some of them are not afraid. I got Michael and I have uh, Pastor Al. Uh, please, brother, I'm not going to go. If the pastor is going to be, but can you go break them up? <laughs> break them up, please, before they cause us too much problem. One of them is just was new in church. It's funny. New guy in church. He said to Michael and I, if you remember, he said, a lot of people have been coming to complain to me. I said, oh my God. You haven't been in our church for more than three months. They found you. And I was looking for any opportunity to tell them, find a better church. Okay, you can go. Uh, I'm happy for you to find the best church where you can find these people that talk. How, how did they find you? Who are these individuals that find you? Many people have been talking to me and they are not satisfied. He, he, who, how did they? It was very frightening. I, I think I went to Michael then. This is problem here. Pastor Roy is so good to be a pastor, I'm telling you. <laughs> so much fun. I'm learning, I'm growing, amen? These days, I won't waste time. If Michael is not there, and Al is not there, I'll go risk it, I'll do it. <laughs> Maybe send Pastor Larry. He'll forgive me. But be very, you know, we're laughing about this, but he's very, these things are very important. Because what Satan does, he wants to spoil, destroy the chemistry that God has already placed in our church for growth. There's always an atmosphere of growth. And prayer sets that atmosphere of growth. And then when that atmosphere is there, the new people come in, they just grow. Because everything is right. Everything, every need is being supplied spiritually through prayer. True study and this unity. If you read in the New Testament, they grew from fellowship. So important. Very important. I'm going to read in Acts chapter Acts chapter two, verse forty six. It says, Continue daily with one accord in the temple. And breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Verse 47, praising God, notice what happened. They were having favor with the people. The the authorities were criticizing them, but the people loved them. And they were pouring into the church because there was good fellowship. They fellowshiped in the temple, prayer time. The hour of prayer, Peter and John, they were going to pray. And then there is time for fellowship. Both are important. But if you are in a fellowship and things are going down, 
Even if pastor is the one leading the fellowship, leave. That's the way I see it. When he leaves talking about Jesus, and then it's all about every other thing except Jesus, prayer and worship, I'm not staying there. I'm not staying there. It always has to be about Jesus. How we can do more for him. How we can seek him more. Greater heights with God. That's where I want to be. I like to see the man that's challenging me. I know we preach here, but there are people that have done things I, I, I haven't even dreamt of. I like listen to them. I fellowship with them. Either via the internet or read their book or through the internet. I fellowship with them. And sometimes you put your head down, God, please help me. I, I, I don't know how, how what, did this, what do these people know that I don't know? Can you show me? So your heart is there to grow, to know him better. His fellowship will bring that. When you talk to your brother and they're telling you what they're doing in God, and, and you say, why can't I do this? That's a good place to start. Because when you start having the why, you're going to start seeking God. And God will tell you why. And then energize you, empower you to do what is right. Fourth thing is suffering. <laughs> suffering. Let me see the happy brothers right now. <laughs> About suffering. Um, First Peter 2 verse 4, I mean verse 21. For to this you were called. How many know that we were called to this? Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in the steps of suffering. I'm telling you, if a pastor comes every Sunday and he's preaching about suffering, before long, uh, on Sunday morning, he will be just himself and his family for church service. Who's going to hear suffering every Sunday? But this is a part of what we are called to do, suffer. And what God allows you to suffer and what he allows me to suffer will be different. And many times the things we are suffering is not really suffering. It's God training your hand for warfare. That's what he's doing. He's training your hands for warfare. And, you know, Philippians 3, verse 9 through 11, and be, Paul speaking, it says, And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God my, by faith. Then he talks about it. There is a knowing of God that we may never have in our lives. Until we suffer with him. Not suffer for him. But we're suffering with him. Through what we're going through. And it's for his sake. It says that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. So that's getting to know him. That was what was driving Paul. This is a man that was winning people. Thousands to God. His mind was not in that. He did that because of his devotion to Christ. And he knew the mission. And was totally devoted to it. 
and will fight for it. Because that was the way he was serving God. Service. But knowing God, that's another thing. That was his heart desire. He says, I want to know him. I want to know the power of his resurrection. And then there is a fellowship which is deeper than the fellowship we're talking about. There is fellowship that is called the fellowship of his sufferings. Fellowship of his sufferings. Being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attend to the resurrection from the dead. So there is this suffering that we have to go through. Uh, if you read in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus, those were, those days, you know, early time you're reading the scriptures. I went to the gospel a lot. And I just really zeroed in on those scriptures where it's blessed are the poor in heart. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And, and blessed are they that mourn. And these scriptures means a lot to me. It still means a lot to me. Blessed are the pure in heart. All of those scriptures. Blessed, blessed are those that mourn. Blessed are those, uh, you know, the follow after the hunger and thirst after righteousness. Those things were so important. And then Jesus turned around and said, Blessed are you when men, not if men, not if men, when men begin to say things. And see, they're saying these things as they're false. But you can't stop them. They have their opinions of you. And you can't stop them. That's part of the suffering. Jesus said, rejoice, be exceedingly glad. The reason is, you've made it. You are a part of the kingdom. So what is that saying? When you are a part of the kingdom, suffering goes along with it. In this part, he's just talking about what people were saying about it. But now, that's not what Paul was talking about. Paul already had people talk about him. That wasn't the issue. He wanted to know the fellowship of his suffering. That's very important. Romans chapter 8 is another key scripture when it talks about his suffering here. I don't know what all this means concerning his suffering. Everybody's suffering is different in my mind. But God will lead you into that place. He talks about, he leads us in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And then he goes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Who led you to that place then? If he was leading you in the paths of righteousness, how did you get to the valley of the shadow of death? Who led you there? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So if he's leading you, there are times when you will be in the valley. Seemingly. But the good thing is, you're not alone. He is there with you. And you take comfort even while you are suffering. And don't understand what's going on. Nothing makes sense. But you know, he has promised to be with you. And so you can endure it as a good soldier. Waiting for your deliverance. Which will come. Because you are passing through the valley of the shadow of death. You are not camping there. Every one of us going through something. But God still is God. Amen. And can help us through. We have to, to understand. This is the spirit himself. If you are a child of God. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. That we are the children of God. We are children of God. 
And then he uses the word, and if children, then we are heirs. And then he says, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Everything Jesus has, we have. Everything. We are joint heirs with him. And then he says, if. If, indeed, we suffer with him. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So Jesus is going to be glorified. The way I'm going to be glorified together with him is some kind of suffering. I don't know what that is. But the Christian should be willing to go through it. You make up your mind. I don't care what it is. Paul didn't know what he was praying for. I just want to understand the fellowship. If he knew that, he wouldn't be crying out for it. He didn't know what it was. But he wanted it for, the, for, for Jesus' sake. Amen? Um, many times, I was reading uh, scripture. I think I will close here. Um, Jesus alluded to this scripture. Jesus had fed 5,000 people. And um, he sent the people away, 5,000 men, probably 10, 15,000 people were fed that day, including the children. He sent them all away. And then, uh, then he told his disciples, let's get in the boat and go to the other side for another fight. <laughs> Knowing fully well there's going to be a storm coming. I'm sure Jesus knew about it. Wouldn't it be really nice for us to just rest over here tonight? Just stay here and take, just think about all the wonderful miracles we have seen, the bread. Let's just sit down and enjoy ourselves. Now, get in the boat. Amen? Go to the other side. We got work to do. No time for rest. We got to go. And they didn't complain. No question asked. They were willing to go. Stand up with me tonight. No matter what happens to us, Jesus is always with us. Amen. And thank you for coming tonight. I pray that God put a seed in your heart. And that you can th- you think through what you heard tonight. And please let the words not be discouraging to you. Because that's counterproductive. But let it be encouraging to you where you tell yourself, I'm going to do something about this. Just saying, I'm going to do something. That's saying yes to the Holy Spirit. And he'll take you up. He's the one that will help us. We can't do this on our own. Amen. Would you please close your eyes and just say a word of prayer to him tonight based on what you've heard tonight and and dream of reaching thousands for him. You're here, but let your influence. He says, through you, every family of the earth shall be blessed. That's still a promise today for us, children of Abraham. It's still our promise today. God, make me that blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. Make me that blessing. 
I, I know God you are not through with me yet. I know you have still have more for me. I'm not ready yet. I want to reach more people. I want to touch more lives. I want to be your servant. Make me a servant. You were a servant. Make me want to. I want to serve you. I want to be just like you. That should be our desire. God, I pray tonight. Song says, Pass me not to gentle Savior. We know you'll never pass us by. You'll never pass us by. That's impossible. But we ask that you would touch our lives tonight, touch our hearts tonight, and fill our hearts with your goodness and help us to draw nearer to you even as the world moves away from you. Give us the grace to trust you even more and give us the grace to be willing to do even more to draw closer to you, God. You are our God. And we recognize that without you, we can do nothing. And we surrender to you tonight. Increase the sphere of our influence in this world. By the power of your name, O oh God. For everyone that is standing before you here tonight. Let your word be fulfilled in our lives, O oh God. You're not through with us yet. And we thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.